Welcome to Lydiard Law with Paul Cott. Tips and tricks for your legal issues. If you've come a cropper from someone who's made a misleading statement or acted in a misleading way, what can you do about it? Well, the law is designed to protect consumers and individuals from misleading statements or conduct. But it all depends, of course, on the situation and what was said and done. To go through the finer details, as always, is lawyer Paul Cott, Principal at Law on Lydiard. So, Paul, what are the requirements by law for someone to be able to sue another person who's misled them? So it has to be that the statement or conduct is objectively likely to mislead or deceive, and it has to be in trade or commerce. So a common distinction there is if you've got a private sale of a house where that person who sells the house, for example, does not go through an agent and sells it between the vendor and purchaser, and that vendor is not in the business of selling houses, that's a private sale. And if there's any misleading representations or conduct in that situation, because it's not in trade or commerce, you, you wouldn't be able to sue for misleading deceptive conduct under well, what used to be called the Trade Practices Act, but now the Competition and Consumer Act. Right. Well, is it necessary to show that the conduct or statement actually misled someone or, or not? No, you don't. Uh, what I just said then is that it has to be objectively likely to have misled or deceived a reasonable person. So there doesn't have to be an actual misleading or deception, which obviously goes to the remedy. If you haven't been actually misled or deceived, then what remedy are you going to be seeking? But yeah, you don't have to be. Can someone in Australia sue a business or a person who's based, say, in the United States, but where the statement they make is received and acted on in Australia? I think in the age of online shopping, this is a really relevant question because it, um, a lot of online shopping um, you're going to be doing, you're going to be seeing ads originating, say, from the US. There was a case in the two, in 2013, went to the High Court. The ACCC took Google to court for some false advertising and it was that situation where there were representations or advertising made from originating from the US, court and received and acted on in Australia, cause a consumer here loss and damage. And the fact that it got to the High Court at that indicates that at that time it was uncertain that they you can. Um, because the fact that the advertising is caught, received and acted on in Australia shows that it was acting in trade or commerce in Australia. So that's a connection to this country that's required. What is the ACCC's role in this area? So the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, I mean, they have a, a very big role, which today's podcast um, is not about in relation to competition. So with the consumer part of it, they're a regulator. They're an, an educator and they enforce consumer and competition laws across Australia. Um, so they'll do it. They have many resources. People can make complaints to them as well. So, yeah, they're a regulatory and enforcement body, really, operating Australia-wide. Are there any time limits for a person to sue for a misleading statement or conduct? That, that's always a relevant thing. And generally, you know, people will have acted on and perhaps if it's going to be loss or damage caused, they'll certainly know about it pretty quickly. So these limitation periods are quite long. But generally, that's six years after the loss or damage has occurred and or after the loss and damage is discoverable because sometimes you might not know about it. Or six years, if it's a, say, defective or unsafe goods uh, where you're suing the manufacturer, then it's three years. 
Any examples, Paul, of uh, misleading or deceptive conduct? Uh, yeah, so, um, and this feeds into a question a bit further down, but somebody made an inquiry of a local council in a case that went to the High Court many years ago and said, I'm thinking about buying this house. Is there, are there any road widening proposals or anything around the place I should know about before I buy? The council was silent. They said, no, there isn't, and there was, and the prospective homeowners sued. Um, for misleading deceptive conduct, and they succeeded. False advertising, saying marked down when it wasn't marked down, the prices were not marked down, because obviously there's not really a way for it to be verified. Saying two per one when you're you're always going to get two products anyway for the same price. So a lot of the time it is advertising, but it can be between business people. It can even be in employment, even in a job ad. There can be some statement made in a job ad that turns out not to be true. Um, and so employers, employees sorry, have a right to sue and prospective employees, which we'll get to as well shortly, for misleading deceptive conduct or statements or representations. If someone is silent as to a situation in the sense of not disclosing a fact the other party perhaps should know, can that give rise to a legal claim? It can. Probably not as common and a little bit harder to prove, but the crux of it is, should they or would a reasonable person have decided that that fact should have been disclosed? So even whether it's there's no inquiry made, if you're holding something up your sleeve that you know or, or should know that something is material that may change the other person's mind on something or may either make them decide that they're not going to buy the goods or whatever it might be or... Um, engage the service, that if they'd known or they might have wanted to reduce the price if they'd known that. So material things, if they're important and or a reasonable person would have thought that they were important and that's held up your sleeve, that can be misleading deceptive conduct. So most times though, as I say, it's either conduct such as statements made that are misleading deceptive but probably maybe 5-10% of cases that go to the High Court, silence can. What I said before, um, is, a, is a case, I think it might have been Shattuck or something like that, it went to the High Court where it laid down probably maybe 1940s onwards. Silence can be a misleading deceptive conduct. If someone does sue for a claim in this area, what, what are some of the potential remedies a court can award? So damages is probably the most common. Um, if somebody's suffered financial loss and damage, compensation, um, the court can award injunction, which is an order to stop or make someone do something. The court can order corrective advertising. The court can rescind the contract, amend the contract, make orders for corrective advertising, make orders for public safety recall notices. You know, when you see um, a recall notice, something about there's some faulty car. So some of those things can result from a court order. The court, whatever it is, has a very wide discretion as to what orders that they, they can do, that they can um, declare the contract null and void and all those types of things as well. So you have a very wide range of remedies in this area. Sometimes they can even make a declaration as well, which is if somebody hasn't suffered loss or damage but there's been a breach of the law, the court can make an order called a declaration where they declare that the law was breached. Well, you mentioned job ads before, but can an employee in a work situation sue their employer for misleading them? And can a prospective employee do so too? 
Yep, they can. So as I said before, some of the statements or terms and conditions that are represented in a job ad or even after the job, at the at the interview, things that are said there can lead to representations. This leads back to before where we talked about often the conduct to be able to be sued on has to be in trade or commerce. So, for example, if an employee makes a statement to an employer or vice versa, just internally, so to speak, then it's not usually in trade or commerce because they're not in trade or commerce together. Even though they're an employer and employee, that business is not in trade or commerce with another party. So in that case, they may not be able to sue because it's not in trade or commerce. But I think there's a specific, there's two specific provisions in the Competition and Consumer Act that allows an employee to sue an employer for false and misleading representations in relation to employment. Can someone sue where someone makes a prediction as to a future matter in the sense of what may happen in the future or what they intend to do? So I think probably um, this may play out quite often you know, on the share market. A company or share brokers might say this, share, this stock's going to go up by 50% and people rely on that and buy the shares and it doesn't happen and it comes to pass that they say, well, we've suffered loss or damage by the price of the shares that we've you know, that we've spent the money on. But the the bottom line is, and again, we come back to that uh, lovely lawyer word called reasonable, if the representor, the person who spoke, did not have reasonable grounds for making that future or that for that prediction as to a future matter, then a, a prediction as to a future matter can lead to a claim. Obviously, by far the most vast majority of misleading deceptive statements are made as to you know a present fact, something that does exist, that it, something's true, something is untrue and so forth. But, yeah, future matters can, just as silence can, in some cases lead to a claim. If someone is sued for claims of this type, what types of defences can they raise in their defence? So, first of all, reliance. I mean, that's not a defence per se, but the... The person who's made the statement might be able to say that they didn't rely on it. They actually made their own independent decision to do what I suggested that they do. In relation to goods, there's, um, so faulty goods, which is not misrepresentations per se, but they're in the consumer law area. The manufacturer can say the cause of the defect is beyond human control, abnormal use of the goods. The goods were obviously faulty and you went ahead anyway and purchased them. There is a concept in the law called contributory negligence, and that is where somebody makes a statement or they're negligent in making a statement, and somebody suffers the loss, but some of that loss has been contributed to by the plaintiff or the person who's making the claim. So in the law, you have a very broad-based duty to protect your own interests and look after your, your own interests and not just act recklessly and put all the loss or damage on the per- on the other person. And finally, what courts would someone likely sue in if they did raise a claim of this type? So probably most of the courts or all the courts have jurisdiction, but because these are based a lot of the time on federal law or Commonwealth law, being breaches of a Consumer Competition Act, which is Australian or federal act, you often would be going to the Federal Circuit Court, or what's now called the Federal Circuit Court and Family Court of Australia, or the Federal Court. But technically... You could go to the magistrate's court 
maybe the county court and is in rare cases to the Supreme Court. That's Paul Cott, Principal at Law on Lydiard. You've been listening to Lydiard Law. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whichever app you access your favourite podcasts. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, why not leave a review? It always helps others to find and enjoy the podcast too. For more information about Lydiard Law or any legal issues you'd like to discuss with Paul, go to lawonlydiard.com.au. Paul Cott and I look forward to your company next episode. Until then, I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.